Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. We're in the home stretch of the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. Brendan Escott with you. And we're pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by Paul Reineveld from Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Paul, thanks for taking some time today and maybe just start off by talking me through how the first few months of you guys being open down in Nisku has gone. Well, I can tell you that the uh, when the weather's good, uh, it's been fantastic. We've had great crowds. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have great weather on father's day and had a huge crowd for that and then we had a family day at the end of uh july that uh the weather cooperated and uh, had a really big crowd for that and uh you know the weather has uh, been trying as most people know in edmonton and uh, actually throughout alberta so uh but we can't be any happier about when mother nature does cooperate and what we're seeing The big event coming up this Sunday, the 90th running of the Canadian Derby, and it is the first time that this is being held at Century Mile, that's correct? That is correct, yes. Uh, It had been in Northlands for the better part of five decades, and uh, prior to that it was in Winnipeg. And safe to consider this your marquee event of the summer, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, everything on the stake schedule uh, locally gears towards this race and then some of the other stakes races that will be on the weekend as well. And uh, with the highest purse for any race run at Century Mile, it's definitely attracted a uh, strong group of three-year-olds. Before we get into the particulars of the horses, just give me a rundown on Sunday from the time that the doors open to the public. Just what does the day look like for the Derby? Well, we open the doors. I mean, people start arriving at 11, and the official opening is noon. Um, We will have uh, various uh, activities going on, you know, just for uh, entertainment prior to the races. The races begin at 145. It is a 10-race card, and the final race is the Derby at 645. So the best part about the day is that we have full fields of horses um it appears that mother nature will cooperate and uh it should be a good time for everybody for what it's worth i looked at the weather forecast as well so we're looking like about a high of 14 give or take according to environment canada and overcast so it won't be too too hot either um i'm reading that this is arguably the best canadian derby field ever assembled so i'm looking at names like explode flat out winner i think jeopardy is considered one of the front runners as well walk me through some of the horses here paul well, yeah, I mean, one of the nice things about it is that we're drawing horses from uh, all over North America. Typically, in the last few years, the Canadian Derby is drawn from Western Canada and maybe a few with Canadian or Alberta connections uh, from some other parts of North America. But in this case, we have horses coming from Chicago. We have a horse that just finished second 
um, behind the uh, runner-up in the Kentucky Derby. Then he was coming from Saratoga in New York, which is arguably the best racing in uh, North America during the summer or this part of the summer. Um, you know, we have some BC invaders. We have the locals that have done well. It's it's just it's a good uh, cross section of three year olds from around North America. Do they have to qualify for the Canadian Derby? Is that how they're they're selected to be a part of the field? No, they, basically you have to nominate. The nominations closed last week, and so you pay a fee to nominate, and then it's based off of your earnings, and uh, that only comes into play if we filled the the gate and then some. Uh, which this year, you know, we can run twelve horses at Century Mile, and we got twelve. Uh, in the gate but if it had gone any further like if we had 20 horses enter like the kentucky derby we can only run 12 and uh, it would be based off your earnings there are some other races going on leading up to that and even the day before do you want to tell me about those right the day before uh we moved the uh the ladies races to the saturday and we have the uh the Northlands Distaff, which formerly was the Edmonton Distaff, but uh, paying homage to Northlands, we renamed it the Northlands Distaff, and that is Saturday. That's for the older fillies and mares, and it uh, drew a field of nine. Very nice uh, group of horses and a couple invaders from uh, Vancouver that uh, are actually pretty good. And then uh, later in the card is the $100,000 Century Oaks. Um, and that uh, race also drew nine. We do have a real, you know, standout from BC Summerland in that race. But uh, there's a number of locals that uh, will make it, uh, you know, run, make her run. And uh, we also are pleased that our Century uh, Horse Racing Club horse, Whoop It Up, uh, is taking a shot at the Oaks. She drew the two holes. She's 10 to 1 in the morning line. We're hoping for a nice showing. She's coming off of a four-race win streak. Chatting with Paul Reinveld from the Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Do you see a lot of turnover in the horses that are, uh, you know, competing in this event year to year? Oh, yeah. The horses, um, especially the ones that ship in, uh, they obviously go back to wherever they came from. But uh, the the two, the Oaks and the Derby are restricted to straight three-year-olds. So every year you're going to get a different bunch for that um a lot of times you'll see those horses they'll come back the next year and race in the older horse races because those are for three and up and you can race until you're 12 if as long as you're competitive so um we do see some uh, horses coming back for the older horse races but yeah every year it's a new crop for a rookie like me it'll be my first time down at uh, the derby this sunday what is appropriate attire? I was told by Mark Spector to to bring a stylish chapeau, I believe was the quote. But, you know, I'm showing up. I, I'm there at 11.30, doors open at 12. What am I, what am I looking like? Yeah, I mean, basically the beauty of uh, coming to a day of racing is that you can really do whatever you want. And if uh, you want to come in shorts and flip-flops, by all means. But, yes, this is the day that people uh, dress to the nines and dress to impress. And so uh, you'll see some great fashion amongst the crowd. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, I mean, there's nothing that's uh, that can be too flashy for the uh, Derby, that's for sure. Wonderful. And for more information, Paul, where do people go? Uh, you can go to centurymile.com, uh, and there'll be uh, yeah information on there about 
a day, and uh, there's still tickets available if you want reserved seats, and that's at showpass.com, and you just type in Canadian Derby. Um, otherwise, it is free admission, free parking. Uh, we have overflow parking if needed uh, at the uh, Premium Outlets Outlet Mall, as well as Jet Set, uh, our friends at the airport are always very accommodating to us when we uh, need to use the their overflow spots and we'll have free shuttles uh, it is free admission uh, it doesn't guarantee you a seat all right paul i really appreciate you taking the time uh, good luck with the event and i look forward to seeing you down there on sunday absolutely works pretty excited for it Great stuff. That is Paul Reinveld from the Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. It is 141. No, it's 142 here in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Uh, let's press pause right now, and then there's uh, more Oilers talk coming in on the text line, so we'll see if we can answer those questions. Keep them coming at 6.30, 6.30, and I'll remind you, we were talking TV shows a little earlier on. What's something that you're you're ashamed that you haven't seen? You're not included in that conversation. It's a TV show. It's a movie. What have you. We can also talk Oilers. Oilers, send them in 630-630 or 780-496-0063. Brendan Escott back in a moment. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Brendan Escott with you here on Oilers Now. Will be the case tomorrow, and then Bob's back from vacation on Monday. And hopefully we've got uh, a little bit more churning in the hockey world at that point. Uh, the last couple interviews that we've heard that Oilers TV has done with guys like Zach Cassian, Oscar Kleffbaum, uh, Miko Koskinen, these guys probably heading back into town towards the end of the month. So unfortunately, this is, we're talking hockey at a time where not a lot of hockey's going on, as, uh, as I've made clear to this point. Though the odd texter is still saying, hey. Don't talk to me about TV. I want to hear about sports. So let's get into it. Here at uh, 6.30, 6.30, got Oilers questions? Let me know. We'll uh, at least offer my opinion if I can't offer you any actual information, and we can go from there. Nurse is not worth $7 million at this moment. He might be able to reach that number without a breakout year, though. And that's true, and that's sort of what we were referencing uh a text earlier on wondering about Darnell Nurse looking for a $7 million AAV on his next contract. As far as how it relates to the rest of the league, is the price set at around $7 million for a defenseman of Nurse's capability? I mentioned it before. I think he's got to show more on the power play before he's worth that kind of thing. If Ask yourself this. If you had to take a Jacob Truba or Darnell Nurse, who are you looking at right now? I don't, I don't know that I'm going to favor Jacob Truba in that situation, and he comes with a pretty high price tag. So uh, it, it's going to remain to be seen. And this texture saying he could do it without a breakout year, I think he needs a breakout year in order to do that. He set a career high in points last year, did Darnell Nurse. But moving forward, I would like to think that Ken Holland's going to need to see more to offer him that kind of money. Out of Slave Lake, all of the free agents left. Who's the best fit? For the Edmonton Oilers. Well, the top guys that are left here, they're not they're not tremendously top guys. So you've got a lot of older players. I, I'm looking at Brian Boyle, Derek Brassard, just going down the list of of the top remaining 50, let's say. Um, 
Dan Girardi as a right shot D-man. Ben Hutton, I'm personally surprised that Ben Hutton remains unsigned because he is just 26 years old at this point. Jake Gardner is 28. He remains unsigned. Uh, Jason Pominville is out there, but he's 36 years old, coming off a 31-point season. Joe Thornton likely only suiting up for San Jose. He's he's not an option for the Oilers, let's just say that. So to me, what, what do they need right now most? They need a third-line center, simply put. And there's going to be a lot of internal competition for that, but if you're looking to get something externally, you want to sign a free agent to fill that void, to me, it's Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle is a big body but what he brings in the face-off circle is going to be most valued to this team. And we talked last week about this. This is an area where they really need to improve. They are going to try and improve what they've already got in-house. But Brian Boyle, that's sort of his calling card. Good penalty killer as well. At 34 years old, I wonder whether he could skate at that level. I really do. But as the off-season goes on here, and we get into the next two, three weeks... If a guy like Boyle's unsigned, I think he's got to be looking at a team like Edmonton where there is that vacancy and say, hey, I've got a chance to earn more than a professional tryout here. He might end up having to come in on a PTO, but how'd that work for Alex Chase on last year? So where there's opportunity, I think there's going to be interest. Derek Broussard is the name that's been floated around quite a bit as well. There's got to be something there, right? He's 31 years old. His production has really fallen off a cliff. I don't have a tremendous amount of interest in Derek Brassard. He also put up 24 points alongside Brian Boyle last year. So, to me, what, what, what does he bring that somebody else internally doesn't, other than a higher price tag? I don't know. So hopefully that answers the question there. I, I, I would say... Brian Boyle is the one free agent left, but remembering that if there was a deal to be done, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we might have already seen it. Les from Peace River wants to know if I've heard anything about the Oilers and Calgary Flames making another deal. Chris Russell for Derek Ryan. Thank you. Love the show. Well, I appreciate that, Les. Again, not a rumor that I've heard, but I can imagine that's being brought up because of Calgary's need now for a left shot defenseman. Chris Russell is that. Chris Russell's also 32 years old and is on a contract that I think is probably regarded around the league as one that not a lot of people want to take on. And I'll piggyback onto that and answer this text. Chris from Sylvan says, how about Ristolainen for Pugliarvi and Chris Russell? I don't know that other teams are desiring the services of Chris Russell the way that the texters today seem to be valuing Chris Russell. He's 32 years old. He's not a big points producer. Yeah, he's a heart and soul kind of guy. He'll get down and he's going to block those shots. But at that price tag, there's typically around the league, you're going to see somebody younger willing to fill a similar role for a much cheaper price. I don't know why Calgary would be interested in doing that when they've already got a guy like Oliver Shillington in the system and there's players out there like Ben Hutton and Jake Gardner that remain unsigned. So, I don't see a fit there. I don't see a fit for Buffalo, who's retooled their defensive core completely. Pugliarvi right now does not have enough value on his own to bring back a guy like Rasmus Ristolainen. Reed Wilkins came on the show uh, on Monday, I believe, and said that the return, the starting point for that conversation is likely going to be Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So... 
let's let's try and curb that as much as we can. Another one here uh, out of Lethbridge. What kind of defenseman is Joel Person? I have no idea what to expect out of him. Well, he's a right shot. He's a Swedish defenseman. And if you go down his stats from the Swedish league, he's uh, in 2017-18, he had 34 points in 51 games. And then last year, he had 31 in 50 games. On an international ice surface, he's producing points. So when you look at a guy like that, to me, there is a job for him to be won in training camp. It's a matter of how quickly he transitions to the North American style of hockey. So I would keep a very close eye on a guy like Joel Person. I know he's somebody that Bob has pegged potentially for a roster spot. I could even see him as a number seven defenseman. It'll be a wait and see as we find out because it's just, it's so different as we know for a European player coming over here. T-Dub and Whitecourt has texted in to say that Chris Russell is priceless to this team. He's top five in shot blocking every year. If you can pair him somebody, pair him with somebody who's better uh, suited to move the puck and, and handle more of the offensive role, like if Darnell Nurse takes another step forward, maybe that's a better fit there. Maybe you just keep Chris Russell and let him ride this contract out, and then by that time, you're Caleb Jones, you're William Lagesson, you're Evan Bouchard, ready to make that jump at a more appropriate stage of their development rather than being rushed in. Jared texted in to say the worst thing for Yessi is to play in Europe. He needs to play on the smaller ice in the NHL. Well, we have quite a few people uh, here that would disagree with you on that one, Jared. Uh, I think he's made his own bet on that one. I don't know how to even approach that conversation topic without beating the dead horse, unfortunately. We're still in the waiting game, and I don't suspect to see him on a North American ice surface this year. That is my opinion. Training camp's going to be an interesting one to watch this year. I don't know that there was this much roster uncertainty coming into last year, just in terms of the roles. We kind of know who is likely to be on the team. It's just a matter of where they're going to be playing, the way that I look at it. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what happens in that back end. If we get a guy like Caleb Jones up there playing for the Oilers on a night-to-night basis, it's going to be fun to watch his development. We'll see. We'll see how things go. Uh, Mike's saying that Jesse needs to grow up here. There's definitely those out there who are going to agree. And frankly, I'm a little bit surprised just with how the media situation has been handled that there's so many people going to bat for him here at 6.30, Royal Pizza is celebrating 50 years here in Edmonton, and they are still making it great. On now through October, Royal Pizza is offering the Combo Special, which is your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies, all for $50. Pick that up at any of their 14 locations across Edmonton. Once again, a special thanks to Kurt Hill for coming in, taking an hour out of his day. Paul Reineveld from uh, Century Mile Racetrack to tee up the 90th running of the Canadian Derby. Let's go to this day in Oilers history. Back in 1958, longtime Oilers player, coach, and general manager Craig McTavish was born in London, Ontario. The Oilers signed him ahead of the 85-86 season, and he was part of three Stanley Cup wins as a player, coaching the team back to the final in 2006. He then filled some front office roles until his departure for the KHL earlier on this summer. So he'll be 
uh, taking on, uh, I can never remember the name of the Russian goaltender, the third rounder this year, but he plays there under McTavish, and so does Ty Ratty now, as a matter of fact. So the Oilers connection not uh, not drifting too far away. Tonight on 6.30, Chad, we've got Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins from 6 to 8 p.m. tomorrow. Part of the leadership crew of the two-time national champion Edmonton Savages ball hockey team, Scott Holbin, will join me here. We'll find out uh, what it was like going back-to-back as national champs. They were not so fortunate this year, but we'll get some insight into the Edmonton ball hockey scene. Sports psychologist and mental performance consultant John Stevenson will also appear on the show. We'll uh, we'll find out what it's like to be a player juggling some of the modern-day stressors here at the NHL level. I want to talk fantasy football, too. That's how I'm going out tomorrow at 135. Appreciate you tuning in and your contributions. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Kerry McCarthy, followed by the 630 Chat Afternoon News with guest host Morgan Black and Brad Whisker, Brendan Escott, saying so long from the 630 Chat Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat.